Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. What is going on, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. I'm Andrew. And I'm David. And this week, we have a special guest. I'm going to be interviewing her. Her name is Simone Yetch, and she's a fellow YouTube creator that I've watched and admired for a long time. I don't know. Have you guys seen Simone's videos online? I feel like she's one of those people who has gone viral in several different like spheres of the internet at different yeah. times for different things. I don't know if you've you've watched them. Yeah, she's been prevalent on YouTube for a very long time. She's sort of one of those creators that like kind of disappears for a little bit, but it's because she's working on some insane mm-hmm. project. And then like once a year, all of a sudden she goes super viral because she did something crazy. Those are yeah. some of my favorites sometimes where you're like, I wish they made another video. But when that one hits, you yeah. just drop everything. You're Which doing. is like, a, what's that robotics kid that made Spot uh, P in a cup? Um, Michael Reeves. Michael Reeves. Michael Reeves. Yeah. It's I, like literally, I literally brought that up. They're to her. super similar types they, of people. Yeah. yeah. Big project With, YouTuber. Truckla, yeah. you've probably seen yeah. uh, model the robots. Yeah. yeah. She turned the, the Model 3 into a pickup truck before the Cybertruck even existed. Which things looks like amazing, that. by the way. It's really cool. She before the Cybertruck existed? You yeah, mean I talked to her about still? it. Well, yeah. You mean currently? Before it even got unveiled. Actually, that was the first time I met her. Was she brought it to the Cybertruck event? Oh wow! Yeah. Damn. So this was this is she's ahead of her time, obviously. Yeah. But we also talked about just like her foresight on building a business that is more sustainable outside of YouTube. Like this reminded me a lot of my conversation with Doug DeMiro, which is you don't want to hinge everything on the power of your creativity and just putting it on YouTube and hoping the platform takes it away. Oops. You can be a Mark <laughs> Rober, but like you can also not be successful on YouTube. It's really easy. So she's built uh, a really interesting business uh, with products alongside the videos that she's making, which is really mm. cool. We talked about that. Uh, so there's a lot to this conversation, and I think it's, uh, it's a really fun one. <laughs> My turn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Segway. Hey. So uh, a lot of people hit me up on Twitter and in the YouTube comments, and we're like, Ellis, I actually do really want to know that weird color thing you were talking about. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's too boring. But if you do really want to learn about that stuff, there's another creator online. The channel is called Technology Connections. Yes. And he has a six-part series on television, three of which are about color technology. We'll put a link in the, uh, in the, sh- in the description, in the show notes, mm-hmm. for those who want to check it out. Uh, but yeah, without any further ado, let's get to the conversation with Simone, and there is trivia. Trivia, dude. All right, Simone, 
Hi. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Waveform Podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've been watching your videos for a long time, and so I have a lot of questions for you. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always fascinated by different types of creators and, and YouTube channels, and you have one that I want to pick your brain about. Okay. Yeah. Well, go ahead. I, so you have a very official like laptop open with a I list have... of questions, and I think it said simonequestions.pdf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, so, it's not too crazy, but I do... I. I am uh, fascinated by the like big project creator, if mm -hmm. that's a genre that I can sort of like loop you into, like Mark Rober, uh, this sort of, what else did I write down? There's a bunch of YouTubers, Michael Reeves, another mm -hmm. great channel. With your channel, there, there's such a variety of projects that you choose to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm always curious about your process for deciding to make a video. Is it... I'm going to do this table for jigsaw puzzles anyway. Why don't I just film it? Or is it, I have an idea for a video. This table I think would be really fun and people would resonate with it. Let's make it a project. Like how, how do you start with a project? It's a little bit of both. I think it's like, for me, the video has kind of become the excuse to go down these build rabbit holes. Okay. And it's so it's very much like I don't think I would have self-motivated to build a mechanical puzzle table. So it's it's a table where you can switch between two tabletops. Yeah. So you can work on a jigsaw puzzle, but then you can switch the tabletops and you can use it as a dinner table. Um, yeah, I don't think I would be self-motivated enough to like go and do that because it's took so much work but it's really like the video aspect of it is the excuse that i can use to be like no i can spend two months designing yeah. this table it's like the the ultimate ikea project like i, I could never <laughs> put that also there's the the amount of like engineering ingenuity you have to you have to invent something basically like mm -hmm. this table doesn't exist so you need to go through the process of thinking about how it needs to be made and then and building these things and trial and error that's like that's a fun video like all of that is is entertaining to, to go through with you as you go through it yeah it's, it's like ikea off-road yeah. <laughs> off-roading like and you're like there's no manual for yeah. this yeah i think it's there's always like a so i'll have an idea of something i want to do and then i do like a cursory google search mm -hmm. to be like has anybody done this before partly to see how other people might have done it but also to like if it has been done then i'm not as interested in it okay uh and there's always the <laughs> part where you're like has nobody done this before because there's a good reason. I'm like somehow magically the only person who's thought of this or because it's a really bad idea in a way that I haven't predicted. Right. right. And uh, yeah, it's about a 50-50 split. Interesting. <laughs> that, I have two questions. So one of them, have you ever scrapped videos in the middle? Like this is too much. No. You've gone to the end of every project you started on camera. Honestly, the, the video I was working on last week is the first time where I've like genuinely thought about giving up. Yeah. Uh, I was making this uh, robot arm out of stained glass, like so like old timey stained glass window, but it's a mechanical robot arm. So you're using this like really old build technique to build this hyper modern object and it just kept on breaking. And that was the first time where I like, it broke, I yelled fuck really <laughs> loudly. And then I was like, can I just give up? Is this, this it? I'm, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Bye. And then five minutes later I come back and I'm like, okay, but what if I do it like this? Mm -hmm. So. I think I'm just too stubborn. I don't know. It, there are a good amount of videos that I've seen that are actually that turn out really well, even though the project did come to a halt mm -hmm. where they like realize, oh, this isn't how it's going to work out. I think Mark Rober had a video like this similarly where they're like, well, let's pivot and make something different or mm -hmm. let's like 
change it up a little bit because this one won't work. I mean, a robot out of stained glass sounds impossible if you ask me, but I've never built a robot, so. Yeah, no, I, you know, you go through it and you're like, this was a really dumb idea from the start. Why did I do this? But yeah. now I'm glad that I did and I have this object that I'm terrified of breaking. For sure. So then, so you come up with the ideas. Mm-hmm. How do you know if you're going to be able to do it at all? Like, I think of Truckla mm-hmm. as the ultimate, <laughs> no one's ever going to be able to do this project. Uh, just like on its face, like I'm going to take a Tesla Model 3 and I'm going to cut the back off and, and turn it into a truck. Shouldn't shouldn't work. Probably just shouldn't work. <laughs> but if you put enough thought and effort and effort into all the things that you did, it will. But the thing is, it's like, so two points about that. One, I'm like, I should start tracking my mood throughout every build because I think I go through a lot of the same emotional swings through every build. Like every build has a part where I'm like, I'm not going to be able to pull this together. This is never going to work out. And it also has the parts of like, I'm the queen of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the second part is one of the benefits of having a YouTube channel and that kind of shields me from failure is that every build has two outcomes or like two products that come out of it. One is the build itself and then it's the video. Yeah. So with Truckla, like that is an incredibly risky project, but I could take it on because even if the build was a failure, I knew I would get a video out of it. Yeah. So I think it's, yeah, every, every project runs the risk of not working out, but at least I'll be able to salvage it into something. Interesting. And so you, you still drive every day? That's your daily driver vehicle? It was for like two, three years. But then now I've got an Volvo C40. Oh, I like Don't that thing too. Anyone. The recharge, the electric one? Yeah. I like that too. I like it. It was just like Trukla is, is absolutely amazing, but we were going to do more work on her. So she was going to like go under car surgery for a while. Mm-hmm. And also it's like I get doxxed every time right. i drive it you're the only one on the road yeah like, what was what is that like driving it do you did you get pulled over are there people who are just like pointing i imagine a lot of pointing and cameras and yeah things like that i mean and that's fine um i think people following me was the stuff that was really scary yeah. people taking photos outside of my house oh, with it or okay. like i remember somebody following me up a cul-de-sac when i was like gonna visit a friend and you know and it's like two guys in a car and I was just like, hey, I understand you probably have really good intentions, but this is really scary for me to like be followed by two people I don't know up a dead end street. Yeah. So like, I don't want to talk about my car right now. Yeah. And the thing is, most people don't give a fuck about who I am. Like they're just interested in the car or think like it's a secret Tesla prototype oh, that yeah. they just spotted. That There is that whole culture too around Tesla where like there are whole like spy channels. Have you seen these? Where no. people? Okay, so Tesla's got this like Fremont test track and all these factories and stuff like that. People will literally go take a drone, take off from a nearby parking lot across the street and go fly over Tesla's stuff and just like fly the drone up to people and up to things and take videos of it and post that online. Yeah. And people will find neat things in those. Oh, they're testing the Cybertruck over here today. And that's an article. And that's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. So people see the new Tesla Model 3 Highland project driving around on the street. People will actually follow it around to get videos of it to put it on YouTube. So that also surrounded Truckla, I'm sure, with just like people not knowing what it is and wanting to be curious about it. No, for sure. Yeah, that's wild. 
But how do you like the Volvo? I feel like the XC40 was one of my favorite uh, EVs when I first tested it. So I have a C40, yeah. uh, which is, yeah, just slightly different. But uh, I, I'm surprised by how much I love it. Like, I yeah. thought I wasn't going to be, you know, I because I was looking at buying another car and I wasn't excited about any of the EVs. And I wanted another electric pickup truck, but like the Ford F-150 and the Rivian are just giant. Mm -hmm. Like, they're physically so big and they're also so expensive. And I'm like, I don't want to spend that amount of money unless it's something that I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. So I was feeling really lukewarm about all the cars because also like... I realize that I like really obscure vehicles. Like the two cars I have are incredibly weird because mm -hmm. uh, I also have like an obscure like 80s commuter car. So it's like a yellow little triangle. Yellow. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I think like I'm just like, this is how I express my personality. And then having just like an undercover car a little bit more. Um, I don't know. It, it pained me to some extent, but I really love it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also like. I, Volvo is Swedish, or now it's owned by a Chinese company, but it was founded in Sweden, oh, and I'm from Sweden, and I'm having that, like, immigrant or, like, Pride. emigrant type of thing where I'm, like, suddenly just wanting to surround myself with Swedish things, which never happened when I lived there. But now when I've lived abroad for, like, 10 years, I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe a Volvo. <laughs> There's an Ikea, like, 10 minutes from here. I yeah. Just hear the, the theme music and the Swedish <laughs> yeah. meatballs playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, there's that. That makes a lot of sense. I've I started this car channel earlier in the year, and I wouldn't have always considered myself a car person. Mm -hmm. But then with all these EVs coming out, I slowly became an interested in the tech and cars type of person. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I I wonder to do the truckla project, you had to at least be interested a little bit in obscure cars mm -hmm. and doing projects with cars. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a pretty next level. But I think it's also, I mean, with Truckla, because we had a whole team come on, like it yeah. was definitely, I was not a lone actor in that. So I had a lot of backup and expertise and people who could help me uh -huh. um, with it. Um, but yeah, I kind of jumped into the deep end of like gear head stuff. Yeah, where that was like, the deep end. Yeah, because yeah. I like just got in my driver's license like a year earlier <laughs> or something because, yeah. I, so I definitely didn't have like a strong car interest. And now I think they're amazing. Like yeah. I'm not... Yeah, but I, I, I've never had a, a gas vehicle, and I don't think, yeah, there's still limited options. Yeah, there will be, uh, there's a whole generation growing up that will never own a gas car, mm -hmm. which is pretty sick. Yeah, put me in a gas station. I'm like, the f <laughs> <laughs> So it's funny, in New Jersey, you specifically are not allowed to fill up your own gas. So there's mm. this meme of, like, Jersey drivers going to other states and just, like, sitting in their car waiting for something <laughs> to happen because what do you do? Uh, but that's EV drivers, too. You're yeah. just, what do I do? I rented yeah. a gas car. What do I do? Granted, the charging stations are barely better. Yeah. Whereas, oh, yeah. Like, they're all weird and they have, like, their apps and some never work. And, yeah, yeah. there's yeah. definitely – I mean, the Tesla supercharger network is – unparalleled and from like a user perspective but yeah. all the other ones it's yeah also last time i talked to you about truckla you couldn't supercharge right i could they you never did, oh, yeah they never took it away no they never took it away oh, that's amazing because tesla would not it, i'm sure if they uh found out too much they would not like to have that supercharging but but the thing is I think the project got protected by that it was a little bit too big for them to come after because they knew that I would have thrown a hissy fit uh -huh. online. And I think they just like kind of wanted to silence it as much as possible by like ignoring it. Interesting. Yeah. They sort of let it slide. 
Yeah, so I think they, they let it slide. But I do, I like scheduled a service appointment because I wasn't getting software updates or there was some like minor issue and they called me from the appointment center and they were like, we know who you are and we know what you've done to your car. <laughs> and I got so spooked that I ended up just solving it myself. That's yeah. so cool. That's funny. <laughs> All right. Do you ever miss uh, old YouTube? Like, oh, I'm doing air quotes. Old YouTube, oh. old school YouTube. I don't know if I've been on the platform long enough to be able to say that. I mean, I started my channel 2015. So I think 2015 YouTube was very different mm -hmm. from 2023 YouTube. Mm. Where, like, I'll give you a couple examples. One is, like, there is some level now of, like, algorithmic, like, I want to just optimize for the algorithm. You've seen these channels that just mm -hmm. want to maximize views, and that's the whole point of the YouTube channel. Um, where I would say... I'd argue in 2015, especially our channel, it was like, we had an idea for video, we'd make it, and then as it was being uploaded, we were like, all right, we need a title and thumbnail too, right? Don't mm. we? Oh, okay, let's think of this at the last second for packaging and then just push it out. Uh, yeah, that, I, I feel like that was a different time on YouTube. And yeah. I wonder if you, especially when you were starting, you kind of had this interesting vibe where you were making these projects, but you also had such a gap between them that each drop was like a big deal mm -hmm. and especially with reddit like reddit would love every new project and then there would be this sort of community around that and it was just a different time you know i think my relationship to thumbnails is inverted from yours because okay. i used to care a lot more about it and now i'm i'm in my golden era on youtube where i feel like i'm retired and i'm like i'm just doing things for myself so you don't have over obsession on thumbnails anymore? No. I mean, of course, I'll like change it out midway if it's performing 10 sure. out of 10. Mm -hmm. So, like, YouTube gives you this metric. I'm not explaining to you, this to you, but to the viewer. YouTube gives you this pretty useful metric where it ranks your video's performance compared to the latest 10 videos that you've had. And whenever it's ranking like 9 or 10 out of 10, then you're like, oh, damn yeah, it. Might and then I might something. update the thumbnail. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I was definitely like, clout chasing a lot more before and I was a lot better. So like my YouTube channel kind of started as an afterthought. Like I was mostly making GIFs. Like that was the core of the project. And right. every project I did was kind of built around being translated really effectively into a GIF. Yeah. So I was making all these like shitty robots um, and it was all like, okay, how can this work in like a seven second loop max without audio and people still understanding yeah. what it is? And then people started requesting like more video around it. So I was like, okay, I'll start making like a bigger video around it. Right. Because when you're, wasn't your first one like a few seconds long? It was basically just the GIF yeah. in the video form. Oh, GIF? GIF sorry. Really? GIF? 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 You're a GIF? I'm GIF. a GIF. Am it's I the graphic only? GIF. I, yeah. 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 G GIF. Okay. GIF. Really? So, okay, so you're <laughs> I can't believe you said GIF, but you're not willing to die on the hill. Because I not, feel like the I'm only not. people who say GIF are like ride or die GIF, GIF will tattoo well, it on their chest. There's the peanut butter, which is J-I-F, which is GIF, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess I have to. All right. I argued against my own. All <laughs> yeah. right. It's GIF. So but your first video was like super short. It was just the project. Mm -hmm. And then people asked for more like, how did you make it type things, background, mm -hmm. then you sort of like built video around it. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, and I think it's also so like my content has changed because what I um, used to do is I had the GIF of a project and then I would make a video of when I was filming the GIF and like playing with the machine. So I wouldn't document the build process at all mm -hmm. because it was just, it's really intense from like a production standpoint and I just wasn't ready to let people in on that clusterfuck of a process. Mm -hmm. uh, and now when my videos or the projects that I do are less GIF friendly, like the build video has become a lot more important because there's no like for example with the puzzle table there's not going to be a 15 minute video of me just showing how it works yeah so like i kind of needed to add the build element into it to make it a worthy piece of content yeah that's interesting i also think like building around one shareable even though it might not be a gif building a video <laughs> about, around one shareable visual inside mm -hmm. of the video has always been a great idea like that's mm -hmm. i kind of try to do that to this day we had this um well we we bought an old original iphone and sort of did I an unboxing thought, with yeah. it and i knew the whole time like every other t video anyone's ever tried to do of this the retention spikes at the moment that they break the seal so how do we sort of build out from that mm -hmm. like we know we're going to have the moment of breaking the seal but can we introduce tension and sort of a storyline and all that i think it's smart to have a point in the video that you build up to as like the climax of the video visually mm -hmm. and that helps you know yeah create structure for the video i think yeah i i call i call the like social content um like flagship videos because they're kind of like the ones that you send out yeah and what i've started doing now is instead of a gif it's like a little voiceover clip of me being like Hi, my name is Simone, and I built this chair because I have a needy dog that likes to sit next to me, and I, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's been doing pretty well. Like, it's not as efficient as a GIF, because I would always, like, Reddit does really well. Like, it's mm -hmm. very reaction GIF, memeable, yeah. shareable in that way. But it's also a compromise with, like, trying to fit in a content strategy that works with the type of builds that I want to make. On that note, we're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back with Simone. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously, hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. That's right, 25 a month? every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com. Support for the show comes from Anthropic. Companies of all sizes are exploring use cases for AI and finding that it's not a one-size-fits-all game. It's all about finding the right balance between speed and intelligence. Like if you're powering a customer chat experience, you need instant speed at low cost. If you're doing complex R&D or advanced analysis, you need frontier intelligence. Claude 3 from Anthropic offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Claude 3 Opus is their largest and most powerful model that can handle complex tasks and analysis. Sonnet strikes the balance between information and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and most cost-effective model that can execute lightweight actions fast. Anthropic is dedicated to building AI systems that are reliable, interpretable, and steerable. Their multidisciplinary team of researchers, engineers, policy experts, and business leaders designed Claude to elevate the field of generative AI. See for yourself. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. 
jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Is there a project you're working on now or like a super ambitious future project that do you have like a, a go a, like a Mount Everest of projects that one day you're going to be able to do because you mm. mentioned you're feeling like almost like retired like you're you're oh, in, the, yeah. in the golden years of YouTube happily there's so. no way someone who likes to build as much as you do doesn't have like a goal somewhere okay but the, the thing is so what I realized is that YouTube is not an end goal for me right like it's not my goal has never been to have the biggest possible YouTube channel or to try to have that career for the longest time. So what I started thinking about is like, OK, but if this is not the goal, then how can I use this as a tool to accomplish other things I want to do? Yeah. And I still want to build things. But what I'm exploring now is building and developing products for a product business and like kind of leveraging my YouTube channel in a way to do that. So I kind of turned my YouTube channel into more of an R&D department where I have an excuse to constantly build things and churn out projects and try to solve problems, mm -hmm. it also becomes early audience testing. Uh, and if there's something that I build on my YouTube channel that I think might be interesting as a product, I can pass it over to the product team. And then when it's ready to be sold and marketed, I can pass it back over to my YouTube channel. Okay. So those that's kind of been like the behemoth of the like long-term project that I've been working on and something that I've invested really heavily in time-wise and monetarily in the last year, which is like why my YouTube channel has gone down a lot. Um, and I'm also working on a TV show about everyday objects or I'm working on a pilot episode. I haven't sold it yet, fun, but fun. Um, yeah, so it's more, it's, it's less been like, oh, I'm working on this big YouTube video, but more like I'm working on these more long-term goals because I don't know if you've experienced this, but like our industry is so young that there's no roadmap for what to do for the next 30 years. <laughs> I, this, is, this is my favorite topic. Yes. Yeah. Everything that we're doing is pioneering what some future generation of creators is going to follow. Mm -hmm. Fully agreed. But there's no blueprint on how to like. Yeah. You can't Google like, what do you do after you make a YouTube channel that does this? Yeah. And then start a product company that does this. Like you. It's just up to you. There's nothing. Yeah. And and it's a little bit because I remember being like, yeah, I don't want to do this for the next 40 years. And then what do you do? And there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of examples of people quitting, most of them being just people like getting canceled or quitting because they're like, I can't take it anymore or like, but there, I feel like there hasn't been a very positive way of quitting YouTube unless you can pull off like Eliza Koshy, which... Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of people see this like graduate so graduation from YouTube mm -hmm. where like obviously you can create your own thing, make whatever you want and then use it to like vault. Yeah, Liza Koshy is a great example. Um Emma Chamberlain's a good example mm -hmm. of people who have like graduated from YouTube. But then you also see the sort of the opposite graduation weirdly, like there are mainstream celebrities who will like Will Smith their way into a YouTube channel mm -hmm. and like start so it's yeah. There's no blueprint. You kind of can just do what you think yeah. works with your creative vision. What do you think you'll do in 30 years? 30 years. That's a long time. If you asked me in three years, I'd still be wrong because I'm constantly <laughs> wrong about what we're going to do next. I think I'm lucky enough that the focus of our stuff mm -hmm. is products. And I have always been interested in the products, mm -hmm. in the tech, in the, in the products, in the cars, whatever they are. And so I suspect that in 30 years, I will still be interested in the products mm -hmm. and will still be making 
this thing that's helpful to people who are interested in products, whether it's a video or some other form of media, I don't know, but that's generally how I think about it. Um, in five or six years, I think we'll still be making videos because people are still gonna wanna buy products. Yeah. Generally. Uh, but I think it's interesting with your your product design business, which is Yetch, just so we have the yeah. pronunciation Yetch. verbally. Yetch.store. Yetch.store. Uh, you have like a, a big variety of different things. Like we have the <laughs> calendar and then we have the screwdriver ring. Like how do you think mm -hmm. about what sort of things you actually make for the store? You know, so we launched the store a year ago. We just had our first birthday. Congrats. And we celebrated by giving people 1% off. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's a very, that's a dbrand thing. Which to do. is I love so, that. yeah, I, I, I love that it actually drove a spike in sales nice. and people were actually using the 1% off discount of code, which of is course. funny because you can just get 10% off by giving us your email, um, <laughs> which also we have very good newsletters and we don't send them very often. Nice. Uh, so it's okay. worth it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we started, so we started a year ago and we started with a really small roster of products. I kind of the everyday calendar is I think the only one that I feel like really holds the ethos of what I want the brand to be. It's the only like real proper product. And the other ones I'm kind of thinking more of as like really ambitious basket fillers. So there are things that you add on, uh, but you're not necessarily gonna come there to the store for it. But I wanted to like not sit on the brand for too long because there's so many things I need to learn. A lot of it around marketing and just like what the work requires and the team and like, yeah, just like recruiting, what roles do we need to fill? So I kind of wanted to like, even though I felt like we're only, we only launched it with like four or five products. I'm like, I still want to get it out there and just try it out. Mm -hmm. um, but then we have some products coming out probably next year that I think are a lot more like under what I want the brand to be. So yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of been the initial product has just been like, what can we feasibly do with this small team that we have? I yeah. mean, we have two full-time employees um, on the on the product business. So it's like, okay, we can do this. We can do these rings. We have like a screwdriver ring and a screw ring, mm -hmm. unfortunate name. Um, and like, a, yeah, just some like fun, weird, weird products. Um, and then how can we use that to fund developing these other products that are a bit more ambitious and that I think actually solve problems. So the calendar is, is like there is your sort of ethos product. Mm -hmm. Can you describe it? It's like a, I just got mine. So it's this. Yeah. Where is hangable. it? Where is it? So it's not in here, but <laughs> yeah. I, I want to find a place to hang it because it plugs into the wall too mm -hmm. and it lights up and it's this 365 button hexagon calendar but mm -hmm. what do you how would you describe the calendar this is the I, I mean i we launched this product i think in 2018 mm -hmm. uh on kickstarter and i still don't know how to explain it in audio only pitch? i did yeah if you can help me brainstorm okay. one yeah but it's a calendar so like imagine that you want to start a habit and you make a grid in your notebook so you can check little boxes for the days that you do it. You're like, I want to start meditating every day. I want to keep myself accountable. I'm just yep. going to cross these little boxes to be like, yeah, I did it. Yep. Uh, it's like a prettier version of that that you can hang on your wall. So it's an electronic calendar that has 365 days. If you tap a day, you light it up and you can use it. People use it to track 
um, their periods. They use it to track if they take medicine, how often they upload content. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I've seen some people. I have a friend uh, who's in a long distance relationship and I'm like, they use it to count down the days until they get to see each other. <laughs> I was just talking to one of your teammates. It was like, I'd want to use it to stop uh, quit smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so people are kind of using it in every possible way. It's And it becomes this very visual thing. Yeah. Like I, so I'm, I've talked about this on the podcast before. I am the psycho that lives my life in a to-do list app and a calendar app and all these other planning things where I can habit track, blah, blah, blah. And I have like a drink water tracker and it's a check, it's a checkbox on my phone. And when I drink a water bottle, I check the box (laughs) and it doesn't go away until I've checked it three times during the day. Wow. And I don't really get much of a visual, like reward for that Mm -hmm. other than just checking the box which i don't know i like checking boxes but it's not nearly as much as like lighting it up and then it's there like as a physical representation of what you did so i feel like that that elevator pitch i think the way you started it was perfect imagine you want to start a habit Mm -hmm. who doesn't want to start some habit? like that's that's definitely the pitch for it and then you go into no it's been interesting in like the marketing side of it just like because i'm 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 good at making content i'm very bad at making ads I feel like, and it's so much like you're selling the habit and the dream of what your life will look like when you have this habit. And then this product just happens to be the tool that can get you there. Yeah. And that's all like, yeah, it's just a different way of thinking. And it's very, like, if you look at our social media channels for the Etch Store, we only really have an Instagram feed. It's like, I think like we're really good at making content. We're making funny, weird content. Not necessarily good at selling stuff. (laughs) I think that still works, though, as, like, it it serves the same purpose, you know? Yeah. As, like, getting the eyeballs for people who'd be interested in something like that. But how do you, how did you build your team? Like, you said you have two people full-time on the product business. business. And then you have, I imagine, some sort of help with making the videos. Maybe you don't. Sometimes I assume that and people are Mm -hmm. are doing it 100% themselves. How did you build that? Uh, So, you know, I... I actually very deliberately have wanted to keep my team small because I want to, you know, when you, when you start your career on, on YouTube, like there are so many ways of defining success. And a lot of it is just like numbers and scale or how much your growth is. Mm-hmm. And I really early on told myself that like, I don't want those things to matter as much. Like the two key metrics of success is how much autonomy do I have and how I spend my time. Like that's something that's incredibly important to me. And that's luxury to me is like being able to wake up in the morning and being like, I don't want to do work or like I want to go to New York for two weeks or I want to do this. And a part of that is not hiring a huge team that requires me to be there for them to have work to do. Mm -hmm. So I've intentionally kept the team really small. I actually just hired a shooter editor for the first time. Okay. uh, and, And then he quit. So now on the video side, it's like my executive assistant who also does some stuff on the product business is like helping me film things. She sometimes does like a rough cut um, of it. Yeah. Or like she'll do like an assembly and like take out all the bad takes and then I'll do the editing, which is not a good use of my time. So if you're a shooter editor or just an editor in LA, please send me an email (laughs) at Simone. No, apply at SimoneYatch.com spelled G-I-E-R-T-Z. That was gonna that was my next question is how do you find these people? Yeah. Because <laughs> my my 
I assume someone who's both an executive assistant and an editor and shooter is a very rare person. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do you, do you have a go-to? Every creator I've asked has a different answer. Do you have a go-to for finding somebody or does it just like? I've tweeted a lot of job ads. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, I found her through tweeting. Um, Yeah. And then like people I've kind of worked on a project with and I pulled in, one was a fan who like, uh, he's he's my engineer who lives in the UK and he was just like very active in the community and kind of just, I don't know, I just started pulling him in on projects because he had a really good brain. And then I was like, do you want a job? And he was like, yeah. Nice. Um, so it, it's kind of all across the board, but I feel like especially with the product business, it's like I need to find a better way of recruiting and how to do it and not just Twitter. Yeah, same. Yeah. I don't have a good answer yet. That's yeah. why I ask everybody. And it's also, I'm like, <laughs> I need to be better about like also proactively, like I'm feeling a tremendous amount of responsibility of making sure that I have a diverse team. And that's like a whole other level of complication when you're running a small business yeah. and you're like, I need to be better in this because you imagine, I don't know if you had this, but you kind of imagine like if I got to run a business or if I somehow got unimaginably rich, which I'm not, uh, like that I would do it more responsibly than other people that I see who are in those positions. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to walk that talk and actually try to be as decent of a human as I can be. So, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I feel like uh, also building, like when you're building a YouTube channel, there's so many different, whether it's the channel or the business or whatever, there's so many parameters to optimize for. So it's interesting to have like goals that are not specifically uh, quantifiable, mm-hmm. I guess. Like you, it, it would be harder to define success if you don't have some number that you can say, okay, it's over or under this number. So now I have autonomy of my time or I don't. Like it's it's a little more squishy. Nebulous, maybe, yeah. Maybe it's a moving target too. Yeah. Maybe you, you feel more satisfied or less depending on how much of that time you get back in different times of the year, things like that. It's, it's a little more nebulous. What's your definition of success? I've stuck it to I want to make things that I would want to watch. Mm-hmm. And yep. that is not as quantifiable as some of the other goals that sort of surround that, which is like, oh, are we making uh, you know a variety of things? Are we are we making enough things? I'm trying to make a channel that I would want to subscribe to by making videos that I would want to watch. So it like kind of feeds into itself like that. Um, but even just doing that, like you, you make videos that you'd want to watch and then you notice, oh, now my audience is like 96% male or something just because mm-hmm. like I make videos that I'd want to watch. Now, how do I like expand to more people and a more variety of like countries and things like that? I don't know if that's even a useful thing to do, but we try. Yeah. So, they all kind of feed back to making something quality that I'd want to watch. I think for me, yeah, it's like pride in the projects that I put out, like in the content I put out is really important. And like, did the people who actually watched it, like ignoring thumbnails and what your click-through rate is and everything, but did the people who watch it like it, mm-hmm. I think is is something I care a lot about as well. But yeah. I mean, my, my audience is 80% male and like, I don't know what to do about it. I feel like it's almost not really up to us, but... Also, it just depends on who watches YouTube. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of like project videos, like it, it depends on the genre that you're in too. Like yeah. I'm making reviews of tech products and gadgets. Like I can't control who's into that, mm-hmm. but I try to make it as accessible as possible and whoever yeah. watches, watches. Yeah. Um, 
I kind of, I was going to say, you kind of remind me of Doug DeMuro in Who? the Doug DeMuro. Who? You haven't seen Doug DeMuro? Who? Oh my God. Okay. Well, let me, <laughs> let me give the elevator pitch for Doug. Doug is a car reviewer mm -hmm. and he started off just making like simple car videos. He'd review a car, uh, a Honda, he'd review a random car you might want to buy and he'd use his phone and, and set it up on a tripod and do the whole thing himself and edit the video. And he, he started like getting a lot more views. And so he got to do videos with more and more interesting cars until he was reviewing like supercars in the same style. Like he'd show up in a polo and a smartphone <laughs> and a tripod to review a Bugatti. Like that's what happened. Yeah. And he has the same, um, the same like anchor point, which is we can't hinge this all on YouTube. It's just a platform that we all happen to be making videos on but we want to turn it into hinging on into something that we kind of own more or get to do ourselves. And he started Cars and Bids, which is a car auction website. Oh, wow. And it turned out to be super huge. His audience loved it. People use it. It's now competing among the best, biggest car auction websites. And like, that's the thing that he built. So you're telling me that when I sell Truckla, I should sell it on that one? If you if you do sell Truckla, <laughs> carsandbids.com, I'm sure Doug would be yeah. the first one. And the thing is, he would review Truckla because he would oh, he would gosh, have a hand in terrifying. there, which would be amazing. I would watch that video. Yeah. Um, but uh, having some sort of a, a pivot from making just like your focus being videos and the content and the projects like that, and like hinging it into something else yeah. is the similarity that I see. Because it's also such a brittle business because it hinges completely on two factors. Mm -hmm. One is the platform you're on and the other one is your face. So if something changes with the platform or with like regulatory things on how you're allowed to advertise or sponsorships no or whatever, over. which you have no control over, like everything falls. Uh, or if something happens to you, like if you're not well enough, to be on a stage or in front of a camera, everything falls. So for me, it's also like the product business is really important because I don't want it to all be on my face mm -hmm. needing to be there. I want there to be work that can happen even if I'm not actively there yeah. and that other people can do and that's scalable in a different way. Because I mean, I, I had a health scare and that was kind of the big like push that maybe like no okay I need to like diversify what my businesses are mm -hmm. because also I can't have a team and like have to lay people off if I'm suddenly depressed mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah there's definitely a, a pressure that comes from trying to find the thing to hinge to if you don't have yeah. like an idea right off the bat like I we we're trying to do some products like I'm not as shoes yeah we got shoes now like yeah. I'm, I'm we're trying to figure out things that can live without me that's like the, mm -hmm. the general theme um but is there a, a way to decide what those products are there's no there's no blueprint like we've said so yeah. it's like I find products that I'm interested in and and genres that I'm into and try to build there but I don't I mean Doug was into cars so that made perfect sense mm -hmm. and you're into these like projects like the screwdriver ring, I've never seen anything like it, but it made, it just looks cool. And I just, I kind of, right. I feel like it's, yeah, I yeah. want, look at, I kind of want one of those. It's like <laughs> yeah. pretty sweet. You so like, I, I need like a method of like deciding what sort of projects for a given creator would mm -hmm. make the most sense to pivot to. Because that doesn't really exist. It is. Yeah. It's it's an interesting like business exercise of like, how do you diversify? How do you expand from this? And how do you like kind of build out your universe? Yeah. I could imagine. I mean, 
I feel like product development is such a like you got to be all the way in to do it because it's painful. Yeah. Like there's nothing to do like half-assed. Uh but also you're you I mean you're well set up enough where you could even if you're not like 100% in it and wanting to pull all-nighters for it, like you could still do it. Yeah. But it just takes just, it takes a while. Like with the shoes it took like it was a 2-year process yeah. just for one pair of shoes and it was like a and many, you're, many design meetings yeah and you're meetings. working with an existing shoe company that mm-hmm. has the entire infrastructure for it yes yeah so even that is like kind of a head start yeah like trying to build something from scratch is uh, is an undertaking for sure so maybe that's a maybe that's a maybe that's a whole business of like helping youtubers find the thing that will help them graduate from YouTube. I mean, you have a 7-7 or a Titans fund as well, right? We do. So I feel like that is like if you don't want to develop products yourself, then it's like helping other people vet and develop products. Yeah, but even that is kind of hinged on YouTube, which is like the value of that comes from me being able to connect my audience to a product for Mm -hmm. a company. Yeah. And have the eyeballs and like connect everything. Yeah, but then it's like you're using your YouTube channel as a tool to do other things. Like the making of the video yeah. isn't the core of it. So it's like how can you leverage that into Yeah. So I'm thinking like something I'm I'm thinking a equivalent of like Marquez Shark Tank. Mm. Uh or like does it have to be other people's products or like your own products? Not necessarily. Yeah. yeah. It could be my own products. It could be, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some that go down the path of connecting with other companies and helping other products grow. Mm-hmm. And then there are going to be some that are like, here is this new thing that I made. Yeah. Which is like, it requires a different type of brain and you can mm-hmm. come up with new ideas and products, things like that. Yeah. I yeah. feel like some people like start schools as well, like teaching people doing yeah. what they do or like different programs and yeah. that. And yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of different paths to go Got down. Zach Jerry everything. Mm-hmm. He has uh, the not a wheelchair project. Oh right. So that's yeah. like a it, again, it's very connected to him. It makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. So like there's there's I don't know. There's no way for me to go, oh, here's what would make sense for this creator. But every time I see one that makes sense, I'm like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. Some people start events. Yeah. And have like big events. Yep. I mean like VidCon being one of them. We've seen from VidCon. the Green Brothers. Yeah. We've seen Creator Clash. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to box anybody? Anytime? No. No. That's probably something I'm not doing either. I, you could not pay me enough. Also, I'm not allowed to anymore because I've had brain surgery. That's fair. But yeah. I'm very happy to have that as an excuse because there's no fucking way I do it anyway. <laughs> Granted, I used to be so into martial arts. Like, I'm, I'm, I tie box for years. So you and might was, have boxed somebody before. Maybe. I've boxed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No. See? And I was an MMA reporter. Like I was deep what? People in know that. This. Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. I didn't know I think this. it's on my Wikipedia page. Oh, that's yeah. Fair. No, I, I was deep into like martial arts world. So yeah. I'm just saying I'm not going to do it, but I can then brazenly say that I think I'd do pretty well. You would co- you could commentate for sure. I got to a yellow belt in Taekwondo. I was pretty yeah. proud of that. It's not very far. Taekwondo is not going to get you very far though against like a grappler. You're Given creator classes only stand up fighting. But, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, no, I can maybe I'd overcome with my my reach or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's not a whole lot I could do. You do have very long limbs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could use that for something. Something. All right, we're gonna take one more quick break, and after that, we'll be back with more with Simone. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. 
There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI power gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is gonna change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution, like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. Uh, I also have one more question for you. I don't know if you've seen the podcast. Uh, we ask everybody the same question. Yeah, go for it. How fast can you type the alphabet? I don't know. Well, let's find out. Yeah? Yeah, let's find we'll out. Do it. We have a we have a system. Uh-huh. Uh it's as it's as competitive or non-competitive as you want it to be, mm -hmm. but we have everybody type the alphabet A through Z. Mm -hmm. Uh there may or may not be a a scoreboard/leaderboard. Mm -hmm. But I am super curious because people who spend a lot of time typing, writing generally do pretty well. Yeah. I feel like you do pretty well. Okay. All that happens is as soon as you hit A, the timer starts, and as soon as you hit Z, the timer stops. So you don't even have to hit enter okay. or anything like that. And you would give everybody three tries. Simone, Ooh. we also have the beautiful Apple Magic keyboard and a mechanical keyboard, if you would prefer. Options. I'm, I'm happy with Options. this. Straight yeah, butterfly. yeah, yeah. Let's go. All yeah, you. okay. No. Wait. Oh, <laughs> it. So if you if you mess up, it's it stays on that letter until you hit it. <laughs> yeah. No, I um I missed W. So it stopped at W. Yeah, it stopped at W. That's why okay. everyone gets three tries. Yeah, everyone gets yeah. several tries just okay. to make sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, second try. Eight point four two, no four five two. Pretty good. Okay, okay. last 8. one. Four seconds. That feels like okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. 
7.009. Seven seconds flat. Mm-hmm. Well done. Okay. Do you want to know where you stand on the leaderboard? Yeah. Up to you. Okay. So seven seconds flat puts you right in between Colin and Samir and oh. Hank Green. Oh, wow. Pretty Good fire. crowd. Good. Two, Those four, are six, some wholesome eight, boys. Ten. Wait, who yeah. did she beat? Which one of them did she beat? Uh, you beat Hank Green. Um, You beat Hassan Minaj, you beat David Blaine Uh, You're right behind Mark Rober and Austin Evans Who are in the sixes (laughs) Wow Wow. Doesn't that feel like crazy fast to type the alphabet? Six seconds, A through Z Yeah, because it felt long Yeah, Yeah, you're just sitting there typing and then you're like Oh yeah, type the whole alphabet in six seconds I also forgot something I wanted to do So I'm going to show this to you now (gasps) I wanted to get you to uh, Give your first thoughts and impressions on a certain product I know you don't do, you know, product reviews, mm-hmm. but I was very curious to hear your thoughts on this. This is the Dyson Zone headphones, and this is the visor that comes with them, that goes over your mouth. You've seen the videos of this, right? Yeah. Okay. They, um... What did you think when you first saw them? So I evaluated it as a potential sponsorship because they reached out to me, and uh, um, I maybe passed. I, I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't blame you. Uh, first impression, they're heavy and big as hell. They're gigantic. Yeah. Yep. I don't like the mismatch metal because the face part is like some kind of copper gold thing mm-hmm. and the headphone have a silver. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try them on. Please do. Okay. So the M50s that you just had on are 280 grams in weight. Okay. Uh, the super big heavy AirPods Maxes, 380 grams. Mm-hmm. The headphones you're wearing now, 580 grams. Wow. And they look every bit of those 580 grams of heavy headphones. Uh, it, it almost feels like I would have to walk in sideways through doors because I'd like, <laughs> like hit them. So yeah, yeah they're, they're quite a lot. Okay. So the goal is the, the, the filter. Oh, yeah. Are you, is there noise cancellation on? I don't know. Probably not. Let's see. I'll the fact that the... I can't tell if it's noise cancellation or means not it's is... probably off. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't yeah. have like the... Yeah, exactly. Sound. So they... Oh, they're they're dead, actually. So, oh, really? So cool. yeah, they're not, they're not on. Um, but what would happen if they were alive <laughs> is you'd put the, the visor on, mm-hmm. uh, flip it upside down. Yeah. And it would spin up the fans in the ear cups and filter the air through and pass mm-hmm. this like stream of air over your mouth and it would be like this fresh air experience of purified air all the time so first note is i think i have a oh, you my nose is too big for you can it. expand you can it pull it but like still now it's like really far away from my uh, yeah. mouth um it's a look it's definitely a look yeah is it giving it's giving Tron? I don't know. <laughs> it's oh something. Uh, you know, it's it's a combination I wish it was on. of a product that doesn't really solve a problem and also looks absolutely f***ing ridiculous. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Very well said. And yeah. I just cannot imagine who's going to wear this or want this for $1,000. It has about as much draw as a Twitter Blue subscription. Um, I would argue less. Yeah. I would argue less. <laughs> At least Twitter Blue would give you like an edit button. Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I don't, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Yeah. But the thing about Dyson, this is the video we're working on right now, is like Dyson 
has this weird history of turning a random assortment seemingly of products into like premium like world-class gold star things mm -hmm. so they made a stick vacuum which everyone loves like mm -hmm. you can get a stick vacuum for 150 bucks but then dyson made one and their motors and filtration are so good and it's so great and it's like 800 dollars. yeah i love my dyson vacuum i'll maybe just I should get, say i don't love my stick vacuum. no maybe no I should... sponsor needed i'll just say i love the dyson vacuum maybe i should buy a dyson vacuum it's really now. good yeah have you used dyson's uh they have a air purifier fan and they have a hair dryer that people love they mm -hmm. have all these things all awesome yeah and they're all based on their amazing motor and filtration technology so this is technically also uh motor and filtration motor being in here filter mm -hmm. being this literal air filter and it just yeah. sucks air in through there and blows it through that and that's that was their idea of what to do with this technology you know next. i feel like they just like the way that this product came about was them being like we have this filtration technology what else can we use them for and somebody exactly. was like underwear that filters out farts and they're like no <laughs> kyle that's ridiculous we can yeah. what else can we do and like headphones and they were just trying to figure out how to diversify the use case yeah of it I, yeah i don't get it i think um the only way i could imagine gen z wearing it is if you could hook it up to your vape and just have it blow vape smoke into Directly your face. In your face. Yeah. That might actually be a thing that they would sell more of, yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah, no, it, is, it exists out in the world. Maybe by the time this is up, the video's up, but uh, I'm glad you got to try them because this... Uh, Me too. What a weird, what a it's weird product. Such a, it feels like a future contender for the failed museum next to the Juzero. Oh, there's so many things I, I could put in that museum. Yeah. I've reviewed a lot of bad things in my day. It. Yeah. This is this is right on top of the list so far anyway. Although it's weird. This joystick what? Super useful. What does it do? So you know how headphones usually have like either like a stem or like a touch surface mm -hmm. and you can like fast forward and stuff and they're like, like not that great. Yeah. This one, volume up and down on the joystick, mm -hmm. forward and back tracks, play pause, and then hold it to scrub through a song. Oh, so if you're listening to podcasts, you can listen to the middle of the podcast oh, by can, fast forwarding to the middle. You can go through the ad spots. Yeah. yeah. And you can go back to Simone after the break and just fast forward and then yeah. she's back. And so it's like. So if you're listening to this podcast wearing a Dyson headphone and filter thing, yeah. These and like one other pair of headphones. So yeah. it's got that going for it. I feel obligated to say this is not sponsored. Yeah. This, no. this is the opposite of sponsored. But Oh, I, I was thinking of that could be. Um, uh, a, another career path instead of an influencer you're a dissuader and uh people pay this. you to use competitors products in terrible ways oh interesting so yeah. instead of use our product and talk about it mm -hmm. please use this competitor's product mm -hmm. and cite all of these bad things so about pepsi's it. like we're gonna pay you to do something terrible with coca-cola dissuaders yeah dissuader economy i, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it yeah. <laughs> that's a new thing i'm writing that down i'm writing that down. Yeah. <laughs> can we bring in the calendar can i watch yes. you unbox it okay I've, granted I've that's fucking box, terrifying but i do want to turn it on for the first time because i haven't done that yet yeah do I need anything like an app? Or can I just no, no, okay. no. It's one hundred percent. I'm gonna have zero percent internet connected. Adam's gonna grab it and we'll plug it in right here. Uh huh. And I'm gonna turn it on. 
no Bluetooth, no any, oh, this is terrifying. I, I immediately regret asking had, this. So <laughs> when I put out the shoes, <laughs> I had to uh, go through the process of not being able to see, know what anyone was going to say about mm-hmm. the thing. And then they, I just had to see what they said. Yeah. Have you ever seen people review your products? I've seen that there are videos of people reviewing products, but I've never dared to watch them. I think you should. Because this is a, this is like a it's a healthy amount know, of a, a, assuming the review comes from a good place. Yeah, there there comes a an amount of feedback that you probably couldn't get from your own team. But the thing is, it's like, yeah, I'll ask other people to watch it. I just won't watch it myself because oh, okay. it gives me too much anxiety. Fair. It's a little bit. It's like walking into a room and people are talking about you. Mm. Well, you don't have to be in the room, like unless I literally unbox it right now in front of you. Then it's yeah, like being do it. In yeah. room. <laughs> but yes, uh, watching the videos is is definitely a, an experience. I will say. So I took the plastic off, and these are the buttons, and it comes with this nice poster. But oh, this is go. the new one. Yeah. Try to get the glare off. So that's Just the poster. Looking. So, or I'm holding this, and it's got a nice weight to it. So I would have to really trust the wall I'm hanging it on. Yeah, drywall anchors is a good good call. Oh, you got the new braided cord, too. This is the latest batch. See, all these little details. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know about the old one that didn't have the braided cable. But I'm going to plug it in on the back here. Does it make any sounds? I'm about to find out. Oh, that was a nice animation. That's it. And now it seems like it's on. Mm-hmm. So, January 1st, lit. Now, if I skip days, it will skip them. Okay. So, if we're in... May 5th, mm-hmm. like today, all I would do is go find May the 5th and light it up. And that's the first day I interviewed Simone. And I hopefully <laughs> will do this again tomorrow and I'd light it up. Oh, it lets me go into the future. Interesting. It Product has, suggestion. Yeah. Don't let me go into the future. I need no. to earn that button press. It doesn't even unlock till tomorrow Yeah. at midnight. The thing is, we really decided to have it 0% internet connected. It's dumb. It doesn't know anything. Okay. It doesn't know today's date. It doesn't know the time. It's not selling like nothing. microphone and data to niche.store. No. Nothing, okay. which is funny because it's like a part of it is like, okay, that's the product we can pull off. But it kind of became a selling point as well because it's it really is. novel with everything that has like an accompanying app. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no way. So it's- there's a computer in the back here somewhere mm-hmm. and it's just... Let me know when the lights are on. That's it. Yeah, it runs on an at Mega328P that you can reprogram. People have like made animations and everything and different, yeah. Different brightness toggles. Mm-hmm. I like this. Yeah. I like this. There is an element of when I check the to-do list thing in my app, mm-hmm. the satisfying part of that is the little animation that plays, mm-hmm. which is just like, you did it. Yeah. You drank water. <laughs> This has like a nice like glow that appears. And I wonder if you went crazy for some next level version where like see that mechanical keyboard right there where it has mm-hmm. like a click, like a nice clicking set actuation. So when I check my habit, I mean the visual part is the best part, but the the day when I hit that thing at the mm-hmm. end of the day, that that's also really satisfying. I think so hit the last day. Oh, that's sweet. So when you do a oh, full month, that. that's the only one All right. that we have. Simone pointed out, I'm going to do this on video. 30 out of 31 days. There you go. 31. 
blinks the whole month. Nice little reward. Okay, I like that. I appreciate that a lot. But it is, we've run into, so we've had some technical limitations where all the LEDs need to be at the same brightness because I wanted it to do like kind of like a ripple, like pond effect, like Mm -hmm. a drop in a pond where you hit a day and it kind of like dims up the other day, other days around it. But we can't do that because they all have to be on the same brightness. But we are working on a new version where we might have brightness and also RGB. So you could have it for like long press that turns into another um, color. Uh, so if I so, drank three times as much water that day, I would long press it. Yeah, and you get it to be I would do extra that. super, super tap. I would love that. Yeah. That's fire. All right, Simone's going to join us for some trivia. Mm-hmm. We have some trivia. Ellis and Adam have prepared trivia for this episode? Oh, yeah. Question mark? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Trivia time. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's lights and everything. Yep. So, Simone, earlier you mentioned you are the owner of a Volvo. Mm -hmm. In 1993, another Swedish car company, Saab, we all know and love, um, as part of the European Prometheus Project, released a prototype of their classic Model 9000. This car was noteworthy because it lacked a steering wheel. What? What? In 1993, no steering wheel. What method was used to control this car? All right, so we have the time to write down on our whiteboards. Can I ask you to say that again? Or like the sure. part the part Here's about the, the important bits. Yes. In 1993, Saab released a prototype car, no steering wheel. Yeah. How did you steer it? All right, I've written my answer. Yeah, you've got your answer. answer. Let's flip them around and read. Uh, I said by looking at the place you want to go. That is a great answer, though. Darn. (laughs) What did you write? I said joystick. Uh, I also would have accepted yoke. I could not find a definitive source online for the difference between a joystick and a yoke. Um, (laughs) Great. I'm glad that you didn't. Interesting. I feel like a well, I a yoke is like a. Yeah, I can't explain. But the, the, yoke, <laughs> the yoke of an airplane is also one handable. Well, no, I guess it's not because the yoke on an airplane has a steering wheel built in. Right, it's so like I guess, half a wheel. Yeah, so I guess joystick is the only answer to this oh. question. This is yeah. is a straight up joystick with a little. See, but it has a rotator knob on top. <sighs> oh my god, that sounds terrible to drive. That does sound terrible, actually. Also, one more fun fact: after yeah. you guys were having, I had never seen Marquez ever admit that GIF is pronounced. <gasps> I I'm I'm diehard GIF, but in researching it, (laughs) we did find that in the original documentation of like the 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 GIF paper, the GIF paper, they they mention specifically the peanut butter company, which is JIF, which is GIF, and they said it's pronounced like the peanut butter. And we found there was a marketing campaign when they first put out this format um, based on this classic. peanut butter ad just peanuts to ground even finer to get out all the flavorful goodness smell yours so now jiff smells more like fresh peanuts tastes jiff tastes better really better choosing mothers choose new jiff and so their marketing campaign was choosy developers choose jiff it just seems like a weird creative decision by the creator of, of gifts you know like i said i'm Always and forever, GIF. Sounds like it's up to it's up to the creator. <laughs> I mean, 
if you made the the format, you get to name it. I mean, <laughs> granted, my ancestors decided that my last name spelled G I E R T Z was going to be pronounced Yatch. Yeah. So I guess I'm kind of in that same boat. Or I had somebody to Google just... that so many times. <laughs> it was one of the tougher. No I, I'm I'm trying to like phonetically place G I E R T Z into Yetch in my head. It doesn't make and sense. And it's a stretch. Yeah. It's tough. Simone, thank you for sending this our way. I love it. I appreciate it. And thanks for being on Waveform. Yeah. Thank you we so much for you. having me. That was oddly terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> the, the calendar review, not the rest of the podcast. It, is, it was the best part. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing this over and over again. 31. <laughs> yes. So that's been it. Thank you again to Simone for jumping in to the podcast studio. And it was a fun conversation. I think that was, uh, there's a lot of interesting points in there. And obviously talking about YouTube, you guys should go watch her videos. If you haven't already seen them, if you got through this whole thing and haven't watched any of Simone's videos, go watch them. How dare you? We'll link them below as well. Uh, also, you guys just got to watch the trivia, but now that Andrew and David are back, I think we should have them attempt the same trivia question. So let's do that. I'm riding high after last week. I don't remember. Are those new colors. Oh, yeah, you did well last week. I did. Yeah. They are new colors. They are new colors. Thank you for noticing. Well, I know that I would... component and composite are different things, and I understand how they work, unlike everybody else, because I actually heard the long version. <laughs> Mm, well, I got the question more right, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but who's who's really winning here? Information or trivia points? Here? Okay. I'm losing in both of those, <laughs> the overall. Simone mentioned oh, no. being a Swedish car owner. Okay. Specifically a Volvo owner. Wait, like a, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. In 1993, another Swedish car company, Saab, released a version of their classic Model 9000. Saab? Saab. This version of the 9000 was noteworthy because it lacked a steering wheel. Wow. What was used to control the car instead? Holy moly. I um, I was feeling so confident. I felt like I was like, wheel. I know Volvo Swedish. I know Saab is Swedish. We're going somewhere. Quickly. We lost. Quickly. Now you're exactly where I was. I'm going to probably answer exactly the same as Mark has answered and get it wrong. If I remember correctly, because this is a few days later, Mark has had a really silly answer to this question. Well, anything but a steering wheel is fairly silly. So That's a great point. <laughs> Ready? What you got? Two oh, correct let's, answers. Let's Read it, boys. Bro, joysticks. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I, if you go back to the camera, I erase at the end of the thing and like scribbled it in. I wrote handles first. Handles? Then, yeah. I, I also thinking learned. Like two, I'm thinking of my zero turn. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, oh, like, yeah. Zero turn. What did you say, Marquez? Doesn't matter. <laughs> did you say yoke? Doesn't matter. This went off the rails so fast. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Waveform Podcast this week. We'll catch you very soon. In the next one. Waveform is produced by Adam Alina and Ellis Rovin. We're partnered with Vox Media Podcast Network, and our intro music is created by Vane Sill. Peace. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. 
great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com.